Welcome to episode 13 of the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. This week, we have an interview with Stephen Aramini, co-designer of Groves, for news on Kickstarter. Damn the Man by Hannah Schaefer is still up. She was on episode 7 talking about that, if you want to check that out. Groves by Stephen Aramini and Dan Letzring is still up on Kickstarter, has about a week left from when this episode airs. And Coin and Crown, also by Stephen Aramini and Janice Baker, just launched yesterday, so you got a little while to check that out. For contests, the Gen Can't Roll and Write contest and Korea Board Games 2017 design contest both have a couple of days left. The Gen Can't is due July 1st, and the Korea Board Games 2017 design contest is due June 30th. So if you're working on those, make sure you get them submitted. Uh, the Game Crafter has the Game Hold Dungeon Crawler Challenge due August 15th, the Manhattan Project Dice Challenge due September 12th, and the Hidden Movement Challenge due October 23rd. Also, I'm hoping to do a listener question episode soon, so if you have any questions you'd like answered on the show, please email them to theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com. You can find links to everything mentioned in this episode on theboardgameworkshop.com. That does it for the news. Now, on to the interview. I'm here with Stephen Aramini, co-designer of Groves. Uh, He's been on the podcast before. If you go back to episode 8, you can learn all about his beginnings and what he was working on then. But today is focused on Groves, which is currently on Kickstarter for about another week. So, Stephen, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Right now, Groves is a little over $21,000, breaking through stretch goals and doing quite well. So why don't you tell us the story of how Groves started? So Groves, I guess going back to the very the very beginning of it, um, really I have to start with how I met Dan Letzring. So Dan is the um, publisher, uh, um, owner of Letterman Games, and um, he's also the co-designer. Um, so I met Dan because I had pitched another game uh, to him and he took a look at that and he actually played it and he liked it but ultimately he didn't want to publish that one but um, as a result of me sending that to him it just kind of created a relationship so um, based on that you know we just did a lot of back and forth talking and just kind of you know kicked around some ideas and then one day he had sent me um, just uh, a one-page doc about kind of like some basic mechanics of like, hey, I had this idea that in a weird way sort of was inspired by the original game I had sent him, but he said, I, I want you to take a look at it and see if you think it's got, you know, potential to to turn into something. And so I, I took a look at the um, the document and, and just got back to him and I was like, yeah, this these are, there are some really interesting ideas going on. And so um, from there, I just said, I've got some time. So, and he didn't have time, but I, I had a little bit of time. So I was like, well, do you want me to just start working, developing this and working it into an actual playable game? And so that's what I did. And, um, and then the end product of that, after many iterations, uh, is Groves. I believe I talked to Dan about this a little bit when he was on back in episode four. And it started as a Western, if I understand correctly, or it was a Western at one point. Yeah, so I had um, I had sent him a game that had uh, hex cards that were, you know, 2D hex cards, but they had three-dimensional 
um, buildings on them, um, which has been done in a couple other games that are out there. But um, that he saw that, and that was kind of like, oh, it'd be really cool if those buildings were like um, actual 3D sort of uh, Old West buildings, and you could build up your town. And so that was kind of part of his initial pitch to me was, what if we what if we use those use that concept and created a worker placement game out of it? Um, so I had actually initially developed it as a Western town builder, but almost immediately we scrapped the whole 3D building aspect because it was just kind of it was just this gimmick that just kind of got it in the way of gameplay. So I just kind of developed it as this worker placement game, and then I introduced the bag building element, but um, it was it was originally you were building your own part of town and then there was a center of town um, and we ended up really liking the gameplay but not really liking the theme so so we ended up brainstorming and coming up with uh, a totally different theme that we we just really uh, liked a whole lot more and the so the theme is what are they called spirits in the game right but they're they're fairies. Yeah, we call them elemental spirits. They're they, basically it was fae, so they're they're different types of fairies. Um, but uh, yeah, so the the theme now it's called groves because you basically are starting the the sort of story behind it is that the this land which we've called Eidolon has um, you're you're trying to rebuild it sort of from the ashes, and so. It's all about sort of building up your your um, realm, and the elemental spirits who can sort of command these elements to of of earth and water and light, so they can actually help sort of develop the land for you. So that was sort of the idea of kind of building you know something from nothing in in front of you. And I am totally blanking on the artist's name. It's Nolan Nasser, and so. He's done a couple of games. He, yeah, I think the ones that people may know, probably New Bedford is, is his biggest one, I'd say. Um, and then he did Fate of the Elder Gods and um, I think a couple of other games as well. Once he was brought on board, he kind of developed the world, right, in a, like artistic sense. And then kind of built back and forth off of that. Yeah, so in terms of like the Western theme, it's not like we didn't like the idea of a Western theme. It's just... Um, it didn't feel like the right theme for this game because, you know, it, and that was really Dan pushing for it because, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, all, there were a lot of, always a lot of Westerns out there and they all seemed to be about building, building a town up, or building a boom town up. And ironically, I had a game that just kickstarted a couple months ago called Circle of Wagons, which was about just that. I mean, the gameplay was very different, but I had already been working on this game about building a Western town. So he really wanted to shift away from the Western idea. And I don't actually know how he came to know Nolan, if it was just through Twitter or, you know, if he was a fan of the artwork or what. But anyways, they, they hooked up and were really kicking around ideas for themes. And, and all three of us were. Um, and it was really Nolan who kind of said, well, what if, because we were throwing around, you know, sort of tried and true themes, like, you know, what if it was a monster theme or what if it was the Western theme or whatever? And he said, well, what if we just create this whole world from scratch? And 
um, you know, didn't weren't really kind of tied down to it being like one of these sort of um, typical themes. Um, and so, so we really liked that idea because it just sort of freed Nolan up to just like envision the world however he wanted to envision it. But I mean, we knew we wanted it to be super colorful and lush and and sort of represent the the resources in the game, which were light, earth, and water. And that was really the only sort of parameters that um, we gave him. Uh, uh, other than that, it was just kind of like, um, just let us, you know, go for it and let us see what you come up with in terms of what you think the landscape for this world would be. I mean, the art came out beautifully. It really, really grabs your attention. I mean, that was the first thing I saw about Groves was when Dan released the box cover art. And I was like, well, I have to own that game, whatever it is. Yeah, we were really, really stoked on on the look of it. And um, even though it started as a Western theme, and actually the mechanics really didn't change a whole lot from the Western theme, but um, when we sort of reskinned it, if you will, to this um, fantasy theme, it everything really kind of fell into place in terms of like how how the characters work with it and and what we you know what we envision for for the center mat and for um, what were called portals which um, are how you get to your other opponents lands and stuff so it so it all kind of fell night really nicely into that theme and it didn't it didn't feel forced uh, or like a stretch at all so it so it just kind of it, it all kind of worked out really well Let's swing back to the mechanics. So it's a bag-building worker placement game. The only other one I can think of is Orleans. Is it similar to that? Is it inspired by that or totally different? So so in terms of uh, uh, Orleans, the the bag-building aspect was definitely a an inspiration. And one of the uh, things that that game does that very few other bag-builders do is... is um, is that at the end of the round, your your um, your workers go right back into your bag as opposed to like a traditional deck builder where they would go off to a discard pile and then when that when your you know your deck is exhausted, then you sort of replenish your deck. And that one they went right back in and and we looked at it both ways and we really felt like that really lent itself well to the bag building aspect of the game. But then um, in terms of the worker placement aspect of the game, it's, it has some elements of like a classic worker placement, which I think when you think of a traditional worker placement, you think I am placing my worker here, which basically means I am cutting off all other players from going to that space, um, which it has that for your own personal realm. Uh, but then we included a center realm, which is um, basically a community area, so everybody can go there, and um, nobody is sort of uh, blocked off of that. So it, it really kind of created a new di dynamic with that. Um, but the catch with that was that if you sent your workers there, they would then leave your bag forever. So yeah, there's a couple of, couple of things going on, but mostly worker placement, bag building, and then there's a little bit of set collection. Um, there's a, a, a tiny a tiny bit of sort of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like just kind of tile placement, although it's not as important as you'd think in terms of I have to place this hex here, I have to place this hex here. A lot of the hex placement is really just for aesthetic value, you know, because it when it comes together, you're just sort of creating your own custom grove. 
but there are some global bonuses that kind of come into play in terms of what you're going to be um, what you're going to be drafting and and how that might work into your growth. It starts off more like a traditional deck builder where you have like a basic set in your bag and then you get new workers as the game goes on, if I'm correct? Yeah, so there are um, six different types of spirits. There's four that are uh, yellow, red, green, blue, basically, and then there's white, and then there's black ones that are called wraiths. And you start the game with almost exclusively uh, white spirits, which are the weakest spirits um, in that they... Uh, every time you go to uh, a grove to get you you're gonna get a reward and if you send a worker there that is elementally linked which basically is you know same same type or same color um, then you're also going to get a secondary bonus so those white workers don't have the ability to get that second bonus um, so those are kind of the weakest the weakest ones in the bag but you of course you start with all of those so over the course of the game, the, the, one of the main goals is to really customize your workforce so that it's optimized to your realm or your play area. Uh, yeah, I guess that, does that answer your question? <laughs> How do you get the workers? Is it basically just one of the action spaces is get a new worker of this type or do you have to buy them? What's the process for that? So there's a couple of ways that you get additional workers. One is, yes, there is, you start off with three, um, three starting hexes, and those give you just kind of your basic raw elements that are always like go-to things. So one will give you crystals, which is basically the currency in the game. Uh, another will give you uh, a resource, and if you send a worker there that is um, linked to that particular, um, to, to your player map, then you'll get a bonus resource. And then the third thing you can do is you can go there and you can essentially recruit a new worker. Um, and they go straight into your bag. The other way to do that is as you start to gain new groves or new uh, places to, to place your workers, um, a lot of those rewards will reward you with additional growth, uh, additional spirits. And then the third way is that during the course of the game, you're going to be able to open portals to your opponents. And when uh, opponents uh, send workers from their realm to your realm, um, they will then at the end of the round go into your bag. Um, so the benefit of sending a worker away is that, one, you can kind of start to cull your deck, so to speak. So you might send a white spirit to your opponent um, to sort of start to tighten up your, your, your bag. But then at the end of the uh, round, that spirit will go into your opponent's bag, which can sometimes be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, it's sort of a, uh, that's kind of a lot of the fun and the balance of the game actually is, is the interaction because a lot of worker placements don't have a lot of player interaction. So this one has a ton of player interaction with that. Um, but you can't really aggressively go after your opponents or else you're, then you're really not um, making use of your own realm and um, you're not making use of the center area because the center area is actually optimized for those white spirits as well, because they they go away at the end of at the end of um, the round. So you really have to balance 
what do I want to send to my opponent to benefit me? What do I want to send to my opponent to maybe kind of mess with their bag and the, the synergy of their bag? Uh, what do I want to send to the center to really do the things that will build my engine? Because if you're not going to the center, you're not building your engine at all. So it's really this kind of balancing act of, of, uh, of all these different things. I'm looking at the pictures here and it looks like there's a lot of worker tokens. So this seems like you'll be using a lot more workers than your typical worker placement where you're getting like maybe five or six on a turn. So is this, what's the typical number of workers you would be having in your bag at a time? So you start the game with eight white and then one, uh, one of a color that matches your player mat. So each player is going to start with nine. So there's 36 workers right there. But we wanted to include enough workers in the supply so that if multiple players were going for, um, say, a lot of blue workers, that the supply wouldn't run out. So every game you're not going to obviously cycle through all of those workers, but we really wanted to give players that flexibility to to be able to kind of choose their strategy or, or go with uh, a certain mix and not feel like they were going to run out. But as far as gameplay goes, you actually only are going to draw um, three at the beginning of each round and have those to work with. Um, so there are generally going to be more workers in your bag they're going to, you're going to be able to use in a round. Um, but just as there are rewards out there for gaining new workers or gaining uh, resources, there are also some spaces where you can go where you can actually draw additional workers from your bag. So that's just another wrinkle to sort of the engine building is if you can sort of daisy chain a lot of your moves, you might be able to go here, get a crystal, and get another worker from your bag, pull that worker from your bag, go over here, and parlay that into something else. So it's a... It's a thing that sort of starts a little bit slower, and then by the end of the game, you, you're really working at your most optimized and most powerful. I mean, it sounds like a really nice combination of worker placement and deck building or bag building, which are two game types that I really like, so I'm very excited for this. We're almost out of time here. I just wanted to touch on the solo mode, because that was added during the campaign, and at this point, it seems like a solo mode is almost required for a Kickstarter board game. So um, were you involved in making the solo mode or was that someone else or how'd that come about? Uh, no, yeah, I, I took on the solo mode design. And um, what I really wanted to accomplish was uh, a game that didn't feel too different from the multiplayer game. So I, I wanted to have that same feeling of sort of that, those same struggles and those same sort of tough decisions each turn, even though you didn't have an opponent that was necessarily um, interacting with you. And so how we did that is we, we actually created a, a, a second bag that you manage, which is called the Wraith bag. And it's a very sort of simple thing, but basically at the end of your turn, then you will dr then draw three spirits from the Wraith bag. And those are made up of white spirits, which uh, basically have no effect. Or if you draw um, the wraith, which, which are the black tokens, then those actually will go onto the player mat. And what those do is they actually start to increase the, the point goal of what you need in order to win. Um, and at the end of each turn, 
whether you draw a wraith or not, you're going to have to add an additional wraith to the bag. So it's sort of this sort of uh, sand timer, of, if you will, that it just is slowly dropping in more bad guys into the bag, which is increasing your odds of, of drawing more of them, which is increasing your point goal. So you are trying to sort of, uh, it's sort of a race to, to, to sort of see who can come out on top. But the other thing that we did is, is we incorporated um, the ability to have you be able to manipulate that bag. So um, you can actually send spirits not only into your own bag, but into your, um, the, the wraith bag. So depending on which spirit is, is sent into there, they all have different powers that can affect the wraith bag in a, in a different way. And so we just really liked that because it was a way to <clears throat> um, sort of make you interact with um, the AI as though it were an opponent that you could um, affect. And, um, but the turns are really super fast, so you, there's really no downtime or a lot of, a lot of uh, setup or, or anything between rounds to, to make it, to bog it down. So Cool. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Groves is still on Kickstarter for about a week once this airs, so definitely go check that out. Thank you very much for being on the show, Stephen. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they follow you? Uh, just It's uh, Stephen Aramini, S-T-E-V-E-N-A-R-A-M-I-N-I, and that's, uh, that's me on BGG as well as uh, Twitter. Those are kind of where I'm mostly found. Um, Twitter's, I'm the most active, so yeah. Check, check out Groves and uh, hopefully you like what you see. And is there anything else you have coming up you want to promote? Uh, yeah, really quick. Uh, so on the 27th of June, which uh, will probably have probably launched by the time this airs. So it'll, so it'll be day two of that campaign. So I have another game that's kickstarting um, called Coin and Crown. And that one is a, uh, if you like bag builders, it is another bag builder. Obviously, I'm a fan of them. Um, the difference with this one is is you is a coin purse. Basically, it's a coin bag. So all of the all of the drawing you're doing is different denominations of coins, and then that becomes your income for the year. So that game is really about building a tableau through your purchases, which are going to help you sort of build your empire. And um, so yeah, that sounds interesting. Check it out. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Yep, thanks for having me. That does it for this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find it on Twitter at the BG Workshop, on Facebook.com/theboardgameworkshop, and email theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com. Show notes are on theboardgameworkshop.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>